Hey guys, welcome to The Message. Super excited to be able to talk with you all today. We are in the middle of our Love Your Neighbor series. And uh, I'm very excited to talk today. Today as well, during our church service, uh, we were featuring Watoto, incredible, amazing church organization heroes uh, that are in Uganda. And uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the message today. But we're talking about how do we love our neighbor. And so this is an awesome story. We're going to jump right in, guys. We're going to jump right in to the stories today. And so there's a story here uh, where a man comes to Jesus and asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so this story is going to set the tone. It's not going to be the main story, but it's going to set the tone of how do we love our neighbors? So let's read Luke 10, 25 to 28. One day, a religious an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do or what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. So, Right off the bat, we got the definition of how we love our neighbors. It's called love God and love others. Fairly simple, right? How do we love our neighbors? We love God and we love those around us. But I love uh, what the, how the man phrased the question to Jesus in this story. He said, what must we do to inherit eternal life? So today's message is called, what must we do? Because it's nice to say, yeah, I love God. Yeah, I love people. But what, what does that actually look like? What are we actually going to do to love others? And so there's a story. This is the main story for today, guys. There's a story in the Bible that I really like um, where Jesus is shown uh, to be loving others. And so in this story, uh, we have a man named Matthew. Now, you may have heard that because he's one of the guys that wrote one of the Gospels that we find in the New Testament. Matthew, who became one of Jesus' disciples, one of the 12 disciples uh, who became an incredible person. But he didn't have the most incredible beginning to his story. So let's have a read of Matthew's story. And let's see. I want you to pay attention to how Jesus interacts with Matthew, who is maybe not such a liked character in society back then. So Matthew 9, 9 to 13. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Okay, so right, right off the bat, Matthew is a tax collector, which means he is not liked by his, you know, his community. Because what was happening is that the Romans were in control of Israel at that point in time. And so he was a, an Israelite, uh, but he was working for the Romans and the Romans were the enemies to the Jews. And there was a point of tension there. And most tax collectors, unfortunately, at that time would uh, take a bit of tax for themselves. They would shave off a bit off the top, well, more than a bit. They would shave off a lot off the top. And uh, it would leave the people in not a great place. So tax collectors were not likable characters back then. And so Jesus walks past this man named Matthew. He's in the tax. He's literally taking people's money. And Jesus walks by. Jesus walks by. He says, follow me and be my disciple. <laughs> what? 
Of all people, a tax collector? Like, Jesus, are you serious? Like, you're going to ask this guy, an enemy to our people, to be your follower? Like, what? But it was crazy. It's then, then it says, so Matthew got up and followed him. So I love this. Jesus calls Matthew. Hey, man, why don't you come follow me? And Matthew's like, hey, man, yeah, I think I will. <laughs> and he gets up and he leaves his job. He leaves his profession. He leaves his uh, financial security. He leaves all his, you know, f- monies and whatnot. And he goes and follows Jesus. Crazy. Verse 10. Later, Matthew invites Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. <laughs> so obviously, the, the circles that Matthew has been in in his life would be, you know, described as disreputable sinners, okay? Tax collectors, people that the Jews, especially the religious leaders, those Jews, those guys hated the tax collectors. Most of society actually hated tax collectors. And so Matthew is like pumped to be a friend of Jesus. So he throws this big dinner party. He invites Jesus and his disciples and he invites some of his own friends, which happen to be sinners. So let's read what happens because obviously there's going to be drama. But when the Pharisees, right, here they are. Oh, the Pharisees. When they saw this, they asked his disciples, Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? <laughs> Love how the Bible is written sometimes. Uh, the Pharisees are jerks. Uh, so verse 12, when Jesus heard this, right? So he hears the Pharisees out here calling the people scum. And so Jesus heard this. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. So Jesus is like, hey, yo, you think you're so smart? Go learn the meaning of this, okay? I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So Jesus, again, just dropping mics at the end of these speeches. Whenever he talks to the Pharisees, there's just so many mics being dropped. Uh, But Jesus basically says to the Pharisees, hey, like I'm not here to impress you and your religious ideologies. I'm here to help real people in real problems with real things. (laughs) And so I love this story. So Jesus comes to Matthew's house, a a quote-unquote sinner, a quote-unquote scum. And Jesus comes to his house because that's not how Jesus sees him. And that's not how Jesus sees us. No matter what society has said over you, no matter what your parents have said over you or your friends or your teachers or coach or whatever it has been, no matter what negative influence or negative voice you have heard in your life, I got good news. That is not the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus says, I don't really care about that. I care about you. I want to come and have dinner at your house. Isn't that awesome? That's the God that we follow. That's the God that I have living on the inside of me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ has come not for the healthy, not for the religious, but for those who need a doctor, for those who need help. And Matthew surely would have been one of those people. So Jesus wants to be friends with everybody, not just who the cool kids are, not just who the rich people are or what society says is cool, but Jesus wants to be friends with everybody. He wants to be friends with you, wants to be friends with me. And uh, that's why I love Jesus. So he shows us how to love our neighbors 
in this story. It's not about, you know, social status or finance or what background you come out of. That's not, that doesn't play a factor in who our neighbor is. Our neighbor is someone who needs help. Our neighbor is someone that we can encourage. Our neighbor is someone that is close to us and we can give give a good influence to. That's who our neighbor is. And Jesus was just waiting for the chance to come and help Matthew. But the the key thing about Matthew we need to remember is that Matthew gave Jesus the opportunity to give him the chance. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Jesus comes along. He says, come follow me. Matthew could have been like, "Mm, nah, I'm good. I got my money. I got my status. I got my stuff. I'm good. But Matthew doesn't respond like that. He leaves immediately. He got up and left his job and his money to follow Jesus. Now, I'm not saying, guys, leave your jobs and let's go follow Jesus. Like I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that that's not the most important things in life. The most important thing is our relationship with God. And Matthew chose a relationship with God over the relationship with the things that the world tells us that we need to have. So... What must we do as Christians, right? How can we love our neighbors? First thing, give. In this story, Jesus gave a second chance to Matthew. Jesus, when we talk about give, normally we think a lot about finance and we will talk about that. But Jesus gave his friendship. Jesus gave his time. Jesus gave his reputation. He put his reputation on the line for someone else. Isn't that crazy? That Jesus didn't care about what people said about him. He wanted to give someone who was in trouble a helping hand. And I think that's an incredible image of what it's like to love our neighbors. Because so, especially nowadays, right? We worry so much about what people think, what people say, how we look. Uh, especially on like social media or this and that. And sometimes it can get to the point where it's like, I don't associate myself with this type of person, the scum of the world. Like, you know, I'm not saying we get that extreme, but sometimes we, we put these little, you know, levels of this person is here and this person is here and this person is here. And like Jesus was not about that. Jesus doesn't have any of that. And I want to be more like Jesus. I know I'm not perfect, but I want to become more like Jesus. I want to be able to look at people and love them and just be able to be their friend no matter what their background is. And Jesus absolutely changed Matthew's life just because he gave him a word. He gave him an invitation. He gave him an encouragement. He gave him a chance. And because Jesus was able to give, Matthew was able to receive. He became one of the 12 disciples, became a pillar of the early church. And out of Matthew's life, he was able to give to many, many people and bless many, many people. There's another famous story uh, in the Bible about another tax collector that we're not going to read the full story today, uh, but a brief summary. His name is Zacchaeus. Maybe you've heard of him before, but he was another tax collector who was short and Jesus was coming along one day and Zacchaeus climbed a tree to see Jesus because he was short and he saw Jesus and Jesus was like, hey, Zacchaeus, I see you. I'm going to eat at your place tonight. Again, Jesus went to the tax collector's house. He went there, he had dinner with them, and Zacchaeus had an entire change of heart. And the first thing 
that Zacchaeus did when he had a change of heart? He gave. He decided to give back. He said, anyone that I have wronged, I'm going to give back. I'm going to give back more than what I took from them. I'm going to set the things straight. I'm going to do things right. So we don't know if Zacchaeus actually left his job or he just became like a, like a, a, a fair tax collector or not. But his life was changed because of Jesus. Because Jesus gave him a chance. Zacchaeus' reaction was to also give. And I think that should be the same with us as Christians. Jesus has given us a second chance. Jesus has given us a second life. Now that we have Jesus on the inside, our first response, our first reaction should be to give back, should be to give out. That is the natural posture of a Christian, is to be outward giving. We're not just Christians to be take, take, take. Yeah, I want more of God. Yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, I need this money for my life. I got to get this for my kids. I'm going to do like that's not the Christian life. Yes, we personally will experience blessing, but we weren't saved just for us to stay saved. We were saved so that we could go and be a blessing to others so that we could give back to others. That is why Jesus came to this earth so that he could save us and so that he could use us for his incredible purpose. He's, so we have been given chances. Therefore, I think we should also be willing to give back chances to other people. So it doesn't matter what it is. I think we all have something we could give, whether it's like Jesus, we give time, we give friendship, we give a chance, whether it's financial, whether we give into ministries or into, you know, Uganda. We're giving towards Uganda today, especially. Um, whatever we, it is, we have something to give, right? We're not so poor that we have nothing that we could give. Even if it's not financial, we all have something to give. So I encourage you, church, come on, let's think about our life. Let's reflect. Let's think about how can I give back? How can I love my neighbor? What must we do? Second thing is we must go. First thing we must give. That should be the first natural response. The second thing is we must go. We can't love others without action. 1 John 3.18 says this, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Nailed it. Good job, guys. 10 out of 10. We must show the world that we love by our actions because love is an action word. Love is not a passive word. Love is not an emotion. Love is an action. And as Christians, who knows love, who knows Jesus, God, who is love, I think our natural response should be to give love. Oh, you see how we combined everything. Nice. We as Christians are here to give love and love is an action. You can't give love by doing nothing <laughs> because if you, have, if you think you have love but you don't do anything, we have a little thing in English called good intentions and that's what love without action is. It's not really love, it's just good intentions. I hope that they do all right. Oh, I'll, I'll talk to them one day. I'll go and speak to that person. Oh, they look down. I'll encourage them one day. I'll do something for them one day. Yeah, I really want them to change. I really want the best for their life. 
I'll do it one day. I'll, it's good intentions. You're thinking good thoughts, but your action isn't keeping up with it. Your actions aren't keeping up with what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. Jesus went to Matthew's house. Jesus showed up. He put his reputation on the line. He put his name on the line to go and hang with the world sinners and the world scum. Jesus was there to have a good time. Jesus was there to hang out. He didn't care. He was like, hey guys, I'm here. I showed up. And sometimes the best action that we can show, the best way that we can love people is by showing up. Sometimes we just got to show up. Sometimes we just got to be that encouragement in people's life. Sometimes we just got to open our mouth or open our hands or open our wallet. Cha-ching! And we got to show up. We got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus met us right where we were. Jesus met Matthew right where he was. Jesus met Zacchaeus right where he was. We don't have to be like super prepared and everything planned and like, okay, at 1.35, my schedule says, I'll go help this guy. And then at 2.15, I'll go help this. Like, what are we talking about right now? We just got to show up. So wherever you are, whether it's in your family, whether it's at work, whether it's at school or just with friends, We've, we've already done half the work. We've shown up. <laughs> We're there. So I encourage you guys during this month as we talk about loving our neighbors, let's make sure that we open our mouths. You know what I mean? Let's make sure that we love out loud, that we put love into action and that we show people that we believe in a God who loves them. And we're just there to be their friend. We're just there to help them, to encourage. We're not there to preach to them. We're not there to tell them that you're going to hell if you don't. Like, no, stop it. No, we're here to just be friendly. We're here to just give encouragement. We're here to just pray. We're here to be the light of the world. When we talk about loving our neighbor, we featured Watoto a bit earlier in the service. Uh, two years ago, I believe it was. Uh, me and Pastor Ron and Pastor Viv, we had the incredible opportunity to actually go to Uganda and go to Watoto. And this was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I've been to many places and many countries, um, but this was something else. This was truly special. And uh, it was a pretty wild experience, I'm not going to lie. First time going to Africa, beautiful continent, beautiful place. Uganda was beautiful as well. I kind of, you know, like, you know, I had this, this thought that Africa is kind of like this desert where there's like elephants and lions and whatnot. Uh, but when we got to Uganda, it was green. It was the jungle. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is awesome. This is such a cool place to be. And so we got to the airport and it was literal chaos. There's people like trying to push each other out of the way. And they had like these three people trying to check passports. And then it was just, it was wild. People were all over each other. And this is before. Okay, so people were getting like post-traumatic stress right now. Like, don't worry about it. Um, but it was wild. So we got out the airport. We got to a, a nice hotel that they, they kindly um, prepared for us. And uh, <laughs> I remember waking up the next day because of jet lag and stuff. I woke up at like the crack of dawn and you look outside and there's like these beautiful trees and you hear these like exotic birds like in the distance, right? And so I was like, I can't miss this opportunity, guys. So I got my Spotify out and I played a song. I don't know what I'm saying. but <laughs> I just did that. I played that song. I was like, yes. 
I'm in Africa. I love it. <laughs> it was amazing. And the food there was amazing. And then we got to meet the people from Watoto and they were incredible. Just joy, joy, joy. Like joy on top of joy on top of joy. Like you think we're pretty joyful. They take joy to the extreme. These guys were laughing and joking and teasing and they were just having a good time and they were so welcoming to us. We were able to go uh, to the Watoto village. So Watoto has a church. We went to the church, which was incredible as well. It was like, uh, like the worship was out of this world. I literally turned to my dad during worship and I was like, I think I know what heaven is going to sound like because it was amazing. It was like they had these big choirs in front of us and they were singing all these harmonies, which was like mind blowing. But then the congregation behind us was singing the same harmonies and other harmonies. And it was like, what can everyone sing in this country? Like, it's amazing. So anyways, it was an incredible experience. The church of Watoto, but then there's the organization of Watoto. And that is where we see uh, the videos of like, you know, these incredible kids uh, singing and dancing. And it's basically, it's more than an orphanage, but a big part of it is them rescuing uh, children that have lost their parents. They're also doing a lot to help uh, underprivileged women. Maybe uh, they, were, they had a child. They don't know who the father is. They don't have a job. They're helping support those people in Uganda. And so we went to the Watoto village, which was on this like hill. It was like on a mountain almost. And it was beautiful. It was lush. It was green. And it kind of reminded me of the city on a hill scripture. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And there was so many people, so many kids. And they were like wearing their colorful clothes. And they're just the biggest smiles. Oh, the biggest smiles you've ever seen. And it was beautiful to watch. We got to go to the nursery there where they take in young infants uh, under the age of two. And they have all these like, when we went there, there was a lot of them doing like the potty training thing. So they're all just kind of sitting in a little semicircle. Uh, but we also went to the, where they had like little babies and we went in there and they had like all these little babies and they were so cute. Oh my goodness, so cute. And uh, up until then in life, I had this like personal rule. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like hold little babies sounds terrible but I, I have this crazy fear of like their neck like all of a sudden going like bang and I'm like ah no what did I like so I'm like I kind of had this like personal rule like I don't hold babies under the six months kind of thing uh, which is I don't know maybe some of you can relate and some of you are like you're, you're stupid <laughs> so anyways we go in there and the ladies were like oh hi welcome welcome and they're like do you want to hold some babies and I was like no 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 you see I have this rule there's a thing about the six months and boom straight into my arms I was like oh, oh no Oh, oh, okay, you're pretty cute. <laughs> and they put this little baby boy in my arms. His name was Treasure. And he, he was a treasure because he was so super duper cute. And I was just like, my goodness, like, what would these kids be doing without Watoto? What would happen to these babies if this organization, if these people weren't loving their neighbors? What would happen to all of these people? And after the nursery, we went out and we went to one of the houses and they have these, these set houses where they have a set mother. And she basically adopts like eight kids into her like one or two room, like apartment, not apartment, little house. And they set out this massive buffet for us. It was delicious. It was amazing. Every single child had a dream had a vision. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pilot. 
I want to be an engineer. I want to be a pastor. I want to, like every single one of them with the biggest smiles. Oh, my heart was like, I can't take this. This is like, this is so overwhelming. It was so beautiful to see these amazing children, these amazing people simply loving their neighbor. It was so touching and so impacting on my life. And I was like, this is the greatest example of how, of what I've seen in my life, of what it's like to love your neighbor. They, pe- they became family. They were, they're so releasing as well, and they're so accepting. And it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And I believe this is a, a, a great image of what heaven's going to look like. And this is the, God's desire for us. So I'm not saying that we have to go out there and adopt a bunch of babies and stuff like that. If you want to do that, I mean, like, by all means. Uh, But I am saying that we can learn a lot from people in Africa, in Uganda, in Watoto, because how they love each other is absolutely amazing. I could see Jesus in their actions. I could see Jesus in their language. I could see Jesus through their lifestyle. It was beautiful. And it inspired me like, hey, what more can I do? What more can I do here? I'm here in Japan, wherever you're watching from. We're in wealthy nations, probably, most of us, I'd say. What can we do? And so today, we do have an opportunity to be able to give back, to give towards Uganda. There's an opportunity that we have to sponsor a child. I think we'll put a link in the description somewhere. Um, But I believe, guys, that we have an incredible opportunity to love our neighbors overseas in a completely different on the other side of the world through technology today we can love our neighbors and so this is one way that we can love our neighbor this is one way that has changed my life being able to go there being able to support them there uh, financially uh, and they've supported us financially which is a whole nother story that they gave an offering to our church like what these guys, are, these guys are amazing. I love Watoto. And if anyone Watoto watching, I love you guys. I would love to go back to Uganda sometime soon. Uh, but it's pretty, pretty awesome. So Lifehouse Church, we are called to love our neighbors. What must we do? We must give. Give what you got, not what you don't got. Give what you have, whether it's time, resource, money, friendship, whatever it is. We have something we can give. And then we got to go. We got to put our love into action. We got to make sure that we love out loud, that we love people, that we are there to help others. We have been called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ here on this earth. And if we're, you know, here in Japan, we have less than 2% of the population knows Jesus. Guys, we have a lot of neighbors to love. <laughs> and in this season, where we're going towards uh, Christmas season, I believe this is the season to give invitation. That's something that we can give. It's very easy. We have something called line here. And it's very easy to be like, hey, you free? On this day or this day, we'll give you the details soon. Uh, yeah, I'm free. Why don't you come and watch this church service with me? Okay, sounds cool. Guys, This is our opportunity. This is our chance of a lifetime to be able to impact a generation, to be able to impact our cities and countries and communities and families. This is our chance, guys, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Lastly, as we finish, I'm going to read one more scripture and then we're going to pray together. Romans 10, 14 to 15. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them or someone telling them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Guys, Christians, if you're listening to this, we have beautiful feet. (laughs) We have been called to go out into the world and love our neighbors. We have been called to go out and be a difference, be a blessing to those around us because they will not hear about the gospel. They will not hear about the good news that there is a savior named Jesus who loves them, who died for them, who wants a relationship with them unless we tell them. And it's not a hard thing to do, guys. Like I said, maybe a text message. I don't know, phone, do people phone call these days? Maybe a phone call, I don't know, face-to-face or whatever it is. We have much to give, much to give. And I think this is the perfect season to get over our nervousness, to get over our trepidations, our worries, our whatever is holding us back, our excuses, and take a step of faith and give what we have because we have enough. And we just need to give one little bit to change someone's life forever. I've, I, those beautiful people in Uganda, their lives have been changed because people gave. They gave financially. They gave support. You don't have to give financially if you don't want to. But if you do, come on, let's do it. Let's do this together. But for where we are right now, I want to encourage you guys that this is the moment that what must we do? We must give and we must go. We must give and we must go. If you got it, remembered it, I believe this is going to be an incredible season for us, for Japan, for wherever you're watching from. We are going to see God do a new thing through us and through our church. Come on, if you believe it, why don't we pray together right now? Yes, God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this incredible honor that you have given us to be your hands and feet, that you have sent us into the world, into our families and workplaces and schools, wherever it is. We thank you that you have placed us there so that we can love our neighbors, so that we can give and we can go. And God, right now, I pray for anyone who in their hearts are saying, yes, God, I want to do something for you, uh, but I haven't been able to make that step. God, right now, I pray you would give them supernatural strength, supernatural faith to take those steps, to be able to step out of our comfort zone, to be able to say hello to somebody, to be able to pray or give encouragement to somebody, to give an invitation to somebody, and to be able to give out of our finances to somebody. God, I pray that you would use us. You would use our church. You would use our generation to be able to bless the world around us and to love our neighbors. So God, we're here. Use us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Jesus is yet, the reason we can give, the reason that I can talk boldly about this today is all because of what Jesus has done for us. You can't, it's really, really almost impossible to love your neighbor without Jesus. And when we accept Jesus into our life, then we accept love into our life. And when we accept love, we can give love. And all you need to know about Jesus is that he loves you. He came to this earth. He died on a cross. He rose again three days later and he wants a relationship with you today. 
So if you never believed in Jesus before and you want to accept him into your life, I'm going to pray for you. Or if you believed in Jesus in the past, but you kind of fallen away and you want to come back to him today, I'm going to pray for you too. On the count of three, I'm going to say now. And when I say now, I'm just going to ask you to simply make that decision in your heart to accept Jesus into your life. Are you ready? If you want to believe in Jesus for the first time or if you want to come back to God, this is your moment. Ready? Three, two, one, now. Right now, why don't you accept Jesus into your heart? Come on. Let me pray really quickly for all of those of you who made that decision. Yes, God, I thank you for these incredible people. We thank you for this amazing decision that they've made today, God. I pray you come into their life in a powerful way. I pray that you wipe them clean of all the mistakes, all the sins, all the the junk from the past, and that they have been made white as snow in this moment, God. They have been made a new creation in this moment, God. And I pray that you would fill them with dreams and visions and desires to help others and to love others as well, God. I pray you guide them in this new journey as we follow you. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you did, make sure you drop a like or a comment or you subscribe to the YouTube channel for more great content. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys.